Hello, one and all. Welcome to the podcast we call The Fantastival. I'm Steve Nussbaum, and this is the fifth episode of The Fantastival podcast. Five episodes in three weeks. Really, really happy without spoiling everyone out there. Thank you, everyone who's listened so far. I've had a great time so far talking to my friends about creating their fantasy festivals. Much more about fantasy festivals to follow. But first of all tonight, I'll introduce the fifth guest on the Fantastical podcast. I've stolen this introduction from his Twitter bio. Um, so let's go with that then. So this man is the host and program coordinator for the Orient Hour on Phoenix FM with over 30 years of football commentary experience. It's the one and only Mr. Andy Gilson. Hello, mate. How are you? All good, mate. Thank you for joining me tonight, Andy. To start off, how are you? How's your lockdown been? How are you feeling? What's going on in your in your world? Well, like everybody else, it's uh, it's been a little bit testing, Steve, hasn't it? Uh, but uh, we're getting through it. We're we're pretty lucky to live where I live out in uh, Saint Osef in a little village, and we've got the the sea at the bottom of the road. So, you know, we've we've been fortunate to have a few walks, etc., where you can get to pretty deserted beaches and sit around a bit. But uh, yeah, it's 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 these things are sent to try us, and uh, you know, it's it's been a difficult time for everybody. But of course. Uh, you know, nothing compared to the people who've been unfortunate and uh, and lost people. So, you know, you feel very, very sad for them. And I've got a couple of friends not too well at the moment. So we, we fingers crossed for them. Yeah, we obviously wish them better. Now, I know you on a f- more of a football capacity. So I know you as a football man. I know what you like about football. I know what you don't like about football. <laughs> I don't really know much about your musical taste. I know you know what you're talking about. And I've heard you talk about some artists and I know you've got lots and lots of great stories uh, about a lot a lot of artists but music wise and without giving too much away what kind of music are you into? Well I, I, I do like a varied um, lot of music but I specialised I used to buy and sell old records years ago and so I, I sort of specialised in sort of late 50s through to about the mid 70s and I, I sort of get got a bit stuck in there so um you know, I, I like things that have come out since, but uh, yeah, very much uh, back in that era where it annoys me a little bit, Steve, when people say, "Oh, I love the sixties," and you think, "Well, you can't love it all because it was so it was so varied." You know, it's mm-hmm. a it's a it's a decade that started with Michael Holiday and Starry Eyed at number one, and ended with Naughty Ralph Harris and Two Little Boys, and in between was just about every sort of genre of music imaginable. So you can't like it all, but it is um, it's a fabulous time for music. You know, and um, so I've, I'm very much into that sort of era. Um, so, but I still listen to um, you know things now. We, we, we've got Gregory Porter's CD sitting over there, and actually, you know, and wife likes all that sort of thing. So I, I listen to a lot of what she listens to as well. So, um, you know, she's very much into soul music, etc. So I, I end up listening to a lot of that. So, uh, but uh, I'm a bit more, <clears throat> a bit more into the the, the the rock and pop side of uh, yesteryear. So let's take it back then. Let's go back to when you was a young Mr. Gilson <laughs> um, looking to purchase your first record or your uh, first single. Can you remember what that, what that yeah. was and where you purchased it from? Uh, yeah, we, we had a record shop in um, 
Romford called Downtown Records. You used to be able to get a badge. <laughs> you could buy a badge with Downtown written on it. Um, and they were down near the fountain. There used to be a fountain. I don't know. I haven't been to Romford for years, but there used to be a fountain there in WH Smith and just around the corner in the little alleyway there was Downtown Records. And, um, yeah, I, I got uh, the first single I bought. And if I remember rightly, I think it was, a, it was about 45 pence or something. And it was The Gene Genie by David Bowie. Oh, wow. Um, and that was the, the first single I bought, um, closely followed by one of um, yeah, the unmentionable Mr. Glitters, who was rather popular at the time. Um, and so, yeah, but the first one, yeah, it was David Bowie, actually. Yeah, Gene Genie. Very, very cool, very cool. I've got a lot of time for Romford, obviously having managed the H&V store, having had the pleasure of managing a record store in Romford um, quite a few years ago now. Do you go to many gigs or go to many festivals obviously this is all about collating your fantasy festivals yeah no, i haven't been I, no, I haven't been to festivals. We used to have a festival in Dartmouth where I used to live down there. And um, that was over the course of a, a weekend, a music festival with uh, at a main stage for the main acts. And then it, it filtered around the town in various bars and pubs and, and public places where different bands and things would play. So that was always great because it was every imaginable sort of music, you know. Um, so whatever your taste, it, it, the headline was music for all. And whether you were, you know, a, a raver or into country music there was something there for you you know so that was um that was that, that was interesting um you know gigs yeah i still go to um the odd show if it's on with the, with an artist that we like we'll still pop over and see somebody um you know but i haven't been to a major a major gig for quite some time what was your what would you highlight as your favorite Ever gig? Do you have one? <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, I have two. I have two big memories. I worked. Um, I worked at the a Prince concert at Wembley, and um, I remember beforehand he rehearsed and he rehearsed this one note for an hour with the orchestra, and it was literally was one note that kept rehearsing. We kept rehearsing, and and he was rather naughty that night because every time the crowd started to join in, he sort of stopped the song and went on to the next one. It was, he was, you know, it was a, a strange gig that one. But the best gig, believe it or not, I, I went to Capital Radio's um, birthday gig at the Albert Hall. Um, I think I was ninety three, I think something like that, and they had something in the region of twenty odd acts on um starting from the the the, the late 50s early 60s up to pretty recent to then and it was it was a fantastic gig because you know literally if the odd one wasn't too good they were off in 10 minutes and the next one came on and and it was one of those that the ones you didn't think were going to be very good ended up being really good and the ones you thought might be good disappointed but it was a fantastic it was a fantastic um uh, evening and there was one act and I said to the, the girl I was with at the time oh he'll be crap and it was Gary US Bonds I don't know if you know Gary US Bonds but he um, he had a few hits in America in the early 60s and was discovered singing a diner by Bruce Springsteen who got him back into the studio and recorded him and, and they had a few hits in the 80s in, in America and he completely rejuvenated his career and he came out with his sax player and he moved across the stage with this old-fashioned microphone. And by the time he got to the other side of the stage, he had the entire Albert Hall up on their feet. And he just had them in the palm of his hands for about the 15 minutes he was on. And he was just so professional and so good. And you didn't expect it. And it was one of those where, you, wow, what a great act. And when he went off, you thought, oh, stay. <laughs> Don't go. you know. But, um, yeah, it was a great gig. 
It was a that great. That sounds people. amazing. That sounds amazing. That must be on YouTube. Somewhere. I don't think it was recorded. And the fu- the funny thing about it, Steve, was um, Kenny Everett was still alive then, but very ill. And um, one of the what, every act that came on, one of the DJs came out and introduced the the. So you had all these kids, Jensen and Mike Reed and people like that coming out introducing the acts. And then Kenny came out on stage, and he was painfully thin by then. And he walked out, and it, the entire Albert Hall stood up and gave him a standing ovation. And the fella you could see he was in tears, you know, and there was his, cause he was always known as a jester, wasn't he? And a bit of a clown and he was completely overwhelmed by it. And I always remember that because it was so, it was really touching actually. And, you know, when you got thousands of people just impromptu, just did it, you know, out of compassion for the guy, you know, and it was, it was just one of those, I think I remember that part more than um, a lot of the acts, actually. It was just one of those moments that will always stay with you. And he, he, he passed away not long after, after that so um yeah. but it, it was a great evening sounds like a remarkable gig and yeah it sounds like it should be one of your top gigs and i'm not surprised that it is so we've got a bit of your background in terms of music so let's crack on then so the aim of the fantastical podcast <clears throat> is getting our guests to collate their fantasy festivals by choosing any five acts and so one of the acts must play a studio album in full and an encore in which all five acts will perform together at the end of the fantastical so very very easy to follow so for example in episode four we had charlotte lawrence on last week so thank you for coming on charlotte so in her opening slot she had veronica maggio from sweden at half past three to half past four and the super second slot charlotte put on dinosaur pilot who are a great band really highly recommended from five till six in the midway masters slot charlotte put on the black keys another great band from 6.30 to 8 o'clock in a pre-headline slot, Charlotte went back to pop, put on Taylor Swift. And then for the headline act, from half 8 to 11 o'clock, Charlotte went for Nirvana. And for her encore, she went for Bury a Friend by Billie Eilish and also had Nirvana playing their classic Nevermind album. So your Fantastical can go any way which you want it to go. It's all completely down to you. Any five acts, anything that you want to do is completely your call so we'll start off with the very important first question what are we going to call your fantastical mr gilson well i'm going to call it off fest because it's old farts festival off fest (laughs) i like it is that a kind of a clue of where of where the acts are heading tonight yeah, we're going back to yesteryear because I, 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 I mean, we're making believe all these people are still with us, and because uh, I think about sixty percent of the acts are dead. But um, you know, it, it would it would give people a chance to see them, you know. Um, and it's not the the typical old acts that people would think, you know. So, um, but it's it's people that I think maybe deserved to be seen a bit more than they were, and. Um, you know, just people that perhaps don't get the airplay that they might deserve as well, you know, um, in this day and age. Well, hopefully people listening tonight after listening to this podcast will go back, find these artists on Spotify or on YouTube or wherever and hopefully open up a kind of a new a new world and some new new avenues. I think out of the four episodes and the 20 acts we've had, only two have been deceased, so have been completely unavailable. And one was Michael Jackson. <laughs> in Paul's episode, <laughs> and then one was Nirvana. Um, but out yeah. of that, every other act so far has been kind of available to play. So we've got our off festival. I do like that title. It was very good. Um, <laughs> where, we, where are we holding it, Mr Gilson? Are we going well, to Brisbane Road? Are we going to the Brentwood Centre? No, are, no. are we going out somewhere? 
Yeah, we're going to go down to Dartmouth in Devon because, as I say, they have a music festival down there. So, uh, but also, it's a place I, I lived for a, a few years um, because I used to do a bit of football work down for ITV West Country. So, uh, coupled with that, I lived down in Devon for four years, and, and it's the most wonderful town. Um, it's a beautiful place. If nobody's been, do visit. It's a, it's a really, really beautiful part of the country, Dartmouth. And um, yeah, I thought I'd hold it there. Very, very nice. So before you tell us about your five acts that you're going with, how hard was it to will it down just to five acts? And is there any oh. acts that you want to kind of tell us who just haven't made the grade? So I know from speaking to you beforehand that you've got a Festival A and a Festival B and you weren't sure which festival no. you're going to go with. Well, as I say, it's all going to be yesteryear stuff. Um, but you know, there were so many acts that stood out. I mean, one band that stood out great when I was, uh, you know, about 11, 12, that sort of age, and, and just you just remembered them, and they were great fun on, on the TV in the glam rock era. That was sweet. And I thought, well, uh, I oomed and ahed about putting them on, um, and I didn't in the end, but they they were a great, great band, sweet. Um, Dusty Springfield, whatever people think, you know, fantastic act, but I think people will know about us sort of thing. And there was somebody else I thought, well, people wouldn't know about this woman who was a fantastic singer. So I'll put her in instead, you know, but uh, yeah, Dusty would have been a, a good one. Roxy music with Brian Ferry, uh, yeah. you know, great band. Um, you know, I owned the nod about them. Um, they've turned out some great records over the years and uh, would have been a great festival act. Um that that was hard, but I left them out. I left the Turtles out, a band from uh, late sixties America, uh, very 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 underrated band. And if people go on to YouTube and play a few Turtles tracks, they'll they'll see why they were you know, such a great band at the time. They had several hit records, um, very good indeed. And um, yeah, yeah. So you got acts like that that you've not put in, and you think, oh, you know, it's uh, you know, it's, it's it's really difficult. People don't. I think the thing is, Steve, if you've got that program, Desert Island Discs, and, and, and the music you might listen to yourself on a desert island isn't necessarily what you'd put into a show, you know? <laughs> so um, it's two different sort of lists. Very difficult. Some, some big acts there, Sweet, obviously, Tiger Feet, Dusty Springfield, everyone knows. Uh, Matt's Tiger Feet, Feet you. Maddie's Tiger Feet. Oh, <laughs> Sweet is the Sweet. Sweet with uh, pops on the run, things like that. Yeah, um, yeah and, I always um, get sweet and mud muddled up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's neat. <laughs> but, uh, Brian Ferry's still going, still going. Strong. Yeah, Brian Ferry's still going. Yeah, the turtles are still going. Flo and Eddie, they're known as now, but um, the the two main guys. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, the turtles are still actually <laughs> alive and kicking. Um, they're still going, but only half a suite are left alive, unfortunately. And Dusty Springfield's no longer with us. But yeah, um, yeah I mean, um, yeah, some some. It's very, very, very difficult. And anybody thinking of doing this is not as easy as you think, you know. And at one time, I had about twenty-five names written out. I thought, where do we go? And as I say, I thought, well, let's go off off, off uh, you know grid a little bit with a couple of them and. Um, you know, the ones that people would overlook normally. Yeah, uh, so absolutely. absolutely. That sounds probably like the perfect place then to start getting cracking. Normally, I like to kind of make a few predictions about who I think is going to be in the lineup. But with you, I've got absolutely no idea. So no. I've, got enough, I've got nobody written down on my piece of paper that I refer back to. So come on in. So Dartmouth, 
We've sold out the off festival. There's a big expectation. It's two o'clock. It's time for the opening act. So who is going to open up the off fest? Well, it was difficult to, to put any of these in the right order. Um, but I'm going to go with a, 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 a female singer from uh, 60s America called Timmy Euro. Uh, and it's T-I-M-I Euro, Y-U-R-O. Uh, very, very underappreciated. Un- a lot of people don't know who she is, but a, a fantastic singer, huge voice um had a big hit in the states in the early 60s with uh, what's the matter baby which was a, a sort of a, a soul record she had a very soulful voice um she did hurt uh, which was a big ballad um and the one that i really like of hers um is i don't know if you remember on the voice last year they, they had um, peter donegan lonnie donegan's son on and um Tom Jones turned around and said, oh, do you want to play that record your dad wrote for me? And they, they did a duet together, Tom Jones and Peter Donegan. And, um, and I thought, what a load of old cobblers. Dad didn't write the song for you at all. Lonnie Donegan wrote a song called It Looks Like I'm Never Going to Fall in Love Again. Um, and he wrote it in 1962 for himself. And the record didn't sell. And six years later... Tom Jones recorded a version, so he totally didn't write it for Tom Jones. Um, and um, also, Timmy Euro recorded it, and it's an absolutely fantastic version to Timmy Euro's. It's not one that's played on the radio very often, but I, I recommend people listen to it. And um, I put it onto my Facebook the other week, and a few people that I know said, That's fantastic. I said, It is. I said, She's a great singer. People just don't, they just haven't listened to her. You know, and she sings everything from soul to jazz to to sort of lounge music to across the board. And very sadly, she was diagnosed with throat cancer. She re-recorded uh, her in I think uh, 79, 80, something like that. And she got diagnosed with throat cancer and told she'd never sing again. Anyway, she had the, all the treatment, and uh, somehow the record started selling in um, in uh, in Holland. And uh, the album she recorded topped the Dutch charts and so did the, the single. So she went to Holland in 81 and this video of her on YouTube singing Hurt. And when you think she was told she'd never sing again and she belts it out and you think, wow, you know, um, even, even though she'd been very ill, still a great singer. And um, yeah, it's very sad because it, it did, did get her in the end. Unfortunately, she's no longer with us. But, um, you know, that's a, it, it's, um, as I say, just a very underappreciated singer with a huge voice. And she was very big in cabaret. The Cray Twins flew her over, actually, to appear at their club. And um, Elvis used to book the first two rows in Vegas when he was in town when she was on for him and his entourage. So that's how highly rated she was by him, you know. So. Some amazing facts there. It's a name that rings a bell somewhere in my head, but I can't quite place um, the voice or the face. But sounds like a, a stellar opener um, to the off fest. And it's good to kind of open up new avenues. And again, if anyone's listening and kind of likes the sound of that, obviously we're lucky enough these days to have YouTube and Spotify. Uh, and I'm sure there's probably a physical CD out there from H&V. Uh, HMV probably got these, yeah, probably under easy listening nowadays. <laughs> probably. probably. So, a good statement of intent there. So, a bit of female vocals going on. Sounds great. So, Timmy Euro opens up the off festival. She plays for an hour. So, that takes us now to half past three, and it's time for the super second slot. So, Andy, who's going to take up your super second slot? Well, it's going to be Britain's first 
proper rock and roller, Billy Fury. I thought we might go for him. I, I, yeah, Billy Fury doesn't. I, I thought you may go for Billy Fury when I was thinking about this. Well, I was in an R in. It was going to be, as I say, I had two lists, but I thought, no, do you know what? He recorded such an important um, album in in pop history. You know, really, um, it was you know a self penned album called The Sound of Fury, little ten inch album. Um, that they recorded in two days, which you, you compare it to today, for like two, you know, they take about ten months to get an album ready. But in, in, in two days, uh, two three-hour recording sessions to record an album of self-penned British rock and roll, and it was the closest thing at the time they got to the American sound. Um, and he, he he didn't have great commercial success as a rock and roll singer, but he was Britain's best rock and roller. His big success came singing ballads and uh, he was hugely popular in that 61, 62, 63, 64, that sort of period of time. Um, and only really second to, to, to click uh, on the popularity uh, stakes uh, uh, as a British singer. Um, but uh, as I say, that, that album, I would have him sing it in full because it's, it's such an important part of pop history as well. So he would perform the Sound of Fury album um, in with his act, um, uh, along with his big ballads, you know, his Halfway to Paradise, he's like, I've never been gone and songs like that. But um, as I say, it's a funny thing is, Steve, I, I had tickets to see Billy Fury um, and I still remember the date. I had tickets to see him on, I think it was February the 5th, 1983. And that was a Saturday night. And, and the previous Friday, he uh, died very suddenly. Um, so we never got to see him. Oh, what a shame. What a shame. Yeah, it's one of those things. But uh, as I say, he's, he's, he's probably a person that gets overlooked a lot again um, because it's one of those annoying things with me that, you know, pop history people think that pop music didn't start until the Beatles and the Stones. When, and, and, and in fact, we had a burgeoning pop scene in Britain. It was just different. It was a different scene, you know, a different music, but it was still a very successful, um, very successful um, period of time for, 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 uh, for music. And, uh, you know, say Billy Fury was, uh, it's been overlooked, I think over the years, but they released an album of his of um, not long ago and it went top 10 and they released a, uh, DVD and the, the DVD topped the um, DVD chart, so um, it, there's still a market for for that sort of stuff. And quite an influential artist, by all accounts, from what you've said. Well, yeah, I mean, so we'll say influential. He's one of the few people that could take an American um, song because the, the the record company Decca is still one of their all time most successful artists. And he's, he, I think he's something like the, he's in the top ten best-selling acts of the sixties. I think something like that in Britain. Um, and but he's, as I say, he's, the, the Decca didn't want him to sing his own songs anymore. They wanted to do Goffin and King and and stuff like that, and you know, Carol King songs and things like that. And of course, it gave them huge, huge success. And he's one of the few artists that took the original and improved it. Mostly, the British versions were pretty lame copies of the american hit he was the reverse actually he improved on the on the originals when you compare the originals to to his you think oh oh actually they're pretty grim you know he's he's well really a superior so yeah you, i mean he's one of those he had a very bad health a uh, very bad heart and he couldn't really keep touring even in the 60s he was missing shows and, and and i think the music turned again he survived the mersey beat era but then yeah, and and the, the who coming along but then in about 66 the music was changing again and it, i think he just 
was old hat by then, you know, and and he's had he'd had his moment, and uh, he 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 charted from between 59 and 66 and then never had another hit until a comeback in the early eighties, just before he died, you know? So, um, one of those things. Yeah. But a good act. Yeah. So really another really good act there. So Billy Fury takes your super second slot. So he plays for an hour. He takes us to half past four. So then five o'clock till six, it's time for the midway madness slot of the off fest. So Andy, who's taking up the midway madness slot? Right. Well, I'm I, I, I'm going to get nostalgic with my my um family really because um I let you in a secret, Steve. My 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 name wasn't Gilson. You see, when I was born, <laughs> my name was Burton. So uh, I was Andy Burton. And anyway, I ended up in 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 a in a, in a um in in care for for several years, and then I got adopted when I was about five, four or five years old. And so that that's where I got the name Gilson. And I, uh, the people who adopted me were a bit, bit older than the average parent and uh, my old man who i remember said he, he the house was falling down but he spent all his money on stereo equipment so he used to we used to have like a bang and Ollison deck and akai reel to reel and quad amplifier and, and leak speakers coming out the ceiling and then he'd go out and buy jim reeves and Wurlitzer organ music to put on this <laughs> you know so he'd spend all the money and then put the worst records you've ever imagined <laughs> and his, his favourite band at the time uh, was a band, and at the time I hated them, Steve. And when I was young, I really hated them. I used to, he, he said to me, you used to like Jimi Hendrix, which I did, you know. And uh, I was, I used to like Jimi Hendrix. And he had a band called The Seekers from Australia that used to play on the, on the, on the stereo all the time. And um, it's not till you get older, I, you know, I, I listened to them, and I thought, you know what? They were very, very good at what they did, which was sort of folk pop. Um, and they were hugely, hugely successful. They knocked the Beatles off the top of the charts, and they, they you know, had many, many hits. And um, my guilty pleasure is, is is one of their songs. It's it's not saying I, I, you know, I, the sort of music I listen to normally, but one of their songs was written by um, Jim Dale, who used to be Doctor Nookie in all the Carry On films, um, called Georgie Girl. And um, it's a it's a great record. It's just a great record, and um, it's a you can actually hear Judith Durham, the lead singer. She actually does a version of that on YouTube within in excess. Would you believe as well? Oh, no so, uh, which is really off the wall, you know, <laughs> because you would never expect it in excess to be playing with anybody at the Seekers. But I mean, it's 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 wonderful. It, it works. Um, but uh, as I say, the Seekers recorded several big, big records, and it just takes me back to the old man and sitting there with his, with his stereo. And you know, they're all long gone, these people, and, and it just takes you back in time. And I, and I just think, as a novelty act, because I'd like to have a sort of off the wall novelty act in the middle of a festival. Um, and the Seekers were just extremely good at what they did. You know, as I say, they probably were the best folk pop band of of, of the sixties. Um, so I, I'd put them in Judith Durham and the Seekers. I, I would put them in, and um, as I say, um, several massive hits. So it's one of those surprising things if people you know just listen to the the layered harmonies. It's, it's extremely well done. You know, so. Um, yeah, just just purely on a personal basis, I, I, I'd have them in to take me back to those times when I was young, and that was the first time I was in a family environment in my life. So it 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 um, you know it brings back a lot of emotional memories as well, um, and I just laugh and, and and smile when I hear their records because it just takes you back to being in a, as I say, in a family environment for the first time ever. You know, so um, yeah, it's uh, just happy memories, really. Yeah, that's a lovely choice. Thank you for sharing. Um 
that story because I didn't I didn't know that. Um, and it's really nice. no, nobody does really. <laughs> no, no, so, nice no. And that's what music can do when you talk about music. It takes you back to you know those experiences and those emotions. And we're lucky enough on the podcast and in general to know people who love to talk about their experiences and emotions. So it's great that you've got them in there, not for sentiment, well, for sentimental reasons as well, but you've also got meaning meaning behind it. And it's a band who I know of, but again, don't know too much about them. Like I, I can imagine their greatest hits cover that again, we used to sell on HMV, but I couldn't tell you many of their tracks, but I'll definitely go and check out that NXS YouTube link. That does sound like a... Uh... Oh, it's funny. It's funny that, they, you know, they did it, you know, with her. Um, but uh, yeah, because so, obviously uh, both NXS and uh, Seekers hugely successful in, in, in around the world, but uh, great exports for Australia. But actually, the Seekers hold the record, if I remember rightly, for the largest ever attendance in the Southern Hemisphere for a pop concert. Um, I think it's like 240,000 or something like that um, turned up to watch them at the Melbourne Bowl, I think, in in, in about 67, something like that. Wow. So, uh, you know, it's, it's an amazing for a band that, you know, you'd say, oh, that sort of music, but you need a quarter of a million people turn up to watch them, you know. So, uh, yeah, that's, amazing. That's a great piece of trivia. That's a great piece of trivia. Um, so the Seekers yeah. take your midway madness slots. So they play from an hour. They play from five till six. So that takes us to half past six now. So it's time to get your pre-headline act. Two acts left. So your pre-headline act going to play for... Oh, the this is difficult. Which way round? Yeah. So <laughs> pre-headline, oh, who, who, who are we going for? Are you 100% on uh, your decision? Uh, I'm not really, but I'm going to go with how I've written it down. And I'm going to put Slade down as my uh, pre-headliners, uh, who are just... As, as loud a band as you could get, but absolutely fantastic band from the uh, uh, from the uh, early seventies or throughout the seventies really, and into the eighties. Um, people know Noddy Holder, of course, but he had a great rock voice, and um, you know that such punch in their records, and it's done with a smile as well. So it's it, it just it's just great party music, really, um, and great showman. Uh, you know, with the old uh, shiny gear on and the, 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 the and Noddy with his big hat on and, and, and the platform boots on and everything else. And uh, I mean, they started out as a skinhead band in the 60s and then, you know, the glam rock, rock came along and, uh, you know, they were right at the top there of, uh, along with T-Rex and, and, and Sweet, at the very top of all that. And uh, probably had more hits than any of them in, in, in the end. And um, people know them, of course, because of Merry Christmas, everybody. And it's sort of their, 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 their dinner ticket, if you like, for the rest of their lives. But it's it, it really, there were so much more than that record. Um, some great albums. Some Slade Alive was a great album. Slade was a great album. Um, S L A Y E D in that case. Um, and you know, well, Goodbye to Jane and Squeeze Me, Please Me, and you know, it's great, great records. And I say, but a very, very, very loud band. I think probably one of the loudest ever. And again, quite an influential yeah, so. band on a few artists who you wouldn't necessarily have thought of. So my introduction to Slade, apart from Merry Christmas, was when Oasis released Don't Look Back in Anger. And I don't know if you probably know this, but yeah. you might not. The fourth yeah. track on the um Come on feel the noise was Come on Feel the Noise. <laughs> and it, it again that opened up a whole kind of from Oasis, then you go back into Slade and then you find that Slade have influenced yeah. Oasis, which means they've kind of been responsible for influencing another generation of bands coming through after Oasis as well. 
Oh yeah, I mean it's it's a very influential band, Slade, and I mean, but they did everything with great humour. But I mean, I can trying to compare. Um, can't feel the noise by Slade with with um, Oasis. or probably upset Oasis fans, but it's it's like trying to compare a fart on the sofa with an eight point eight earthquake. I mean, it's so so much more in more punch in the in the Slade version. It's sort of you know thick, whereas it's a bit thin on the ground. The um, the Oasis one. I mean, they're glad they did it because it's it's a it's a great record, but it was nowhere near as good as as the um, original. You know, because it lacked that punch and it lacked. Holder's vocal, which really holds a thing together, you know. So, um, as I say, he's a he was a very underrated singer, Noddy Holder. Uh, I think um, Ozzy Osbourne said he had, you know, the, the greatest rock voice ever, um, and I think he's right, you know, as, as regards that sort of music. He, he fantastic singer, yeah, great choice. Are we going to put Slade on in their seventies era? Yeah, I mean, I think well, obviously that was that their, their their peak. You know, they had about a fifteen year spell in there of hits. So it's a, overall, their most successful was probably between about seventy one and seventy six, something like that. But uh, you know, they're, they're, they're a great band. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they'll they'll tear the place up. Uh, I, I was going to put them on to headline. I'm um denied about the two, <laughs> the, the last two, and uh, yeah. So we'll stick Slade in. All right. There. So Slade will go in in as the pre headline act. So they'll <clears> play. For an hour and a half, they'll get the crowd going. They'll get Dartmouth bouncing and up for the headline act. So the headline act is going to come on from half eight to eleven o'clock. They got two and a half hours to close off the festival. So we know Slade have just been picked to the post. So Andy, don't leave us waiting any longer. Who are the headline act of the off festival? Well, it's 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 a solo artist who's no longer with us, and it, to me, the best of the. Uh... 1950s rock and rollers to come out of America, Eddie Cochran, I'm going to put as the headline act because I think he's a very influential, very overlooked and underrated artist by some, but a very influential artist who arguably without Cochran, there would have been no Beatles. Um, so, um, you know, so it's um, it's a well-known fact that uh, Paul McCartney was only allowed to, was only allowed to join uh, John Lennon's band uh, because he knew how to play 20 Flight Rock which um, Cochrane had performed in the film The Girl Can't Help It. So uh, if those two would have never been together without that song. So, um, uh, But Cochrane recorded so many good, good, solid um, rock and roll tracks, I think, that told the story of Teenage America at that time. And, and great lyrics, because he used to write his own songs, Steve, and, and, write, you know, and he'd... He was early in the multi-dubbing days of, of music. You know, three-track, four-track was about as far as he ever got. But he'd play all the instruments sometimes on his records. And, he'd, you know, so he'd write them, he'd play them, he'd sing them, um, which was pretty unheard of at the time, you know. Um, so he's a very talented artist. And songs like Summertime Blues, Come On Everybody, Something Else, you know, they're, they're well-known songs. Um, and... and Get songs like something else. It wasn't a particularly great success at the time. He wasn't that huge in America. He was very big in in Europe, but it wasn't a big big hit. Um, in fact, uh, Sid Vicious uh, did a version of it in the late seventies, which was uh, far more successful than uh, than Eddie Cochran's version. But it's a great record. Something else, and I always call it the first ever punk rock record because it, it it's it's just a 
so far advanced to everything else in the late 50s. It's, it's a, a classic piece of uh, rock and roll. But I say, it's, it's just that his lyrics paint a picture of, of life then and, um, you know, and, and lyrics that say sort of that Dylan would have written a few years later, sort of, I, I called my congressman and he said, quote, I'd like to help you some, but you're too young to vote. I mean, it, they're great lyrics. When you remember it's the 1950s, it's, it's great stuff. And, um, as I say, he's a very overlooked artist, I think. Um, and for me, one of the, the, the well, probably the the best of the 50s American rock and rollers. And I, I actually include Elvis with that. Elvis had the looks and the voice, but he didn't have the, the songwriting abilities that Cochrane had, you know. Um, so for me, you know, an all-time great artist who sadly was killed um, during the first ever proper pop tour of Great Britain um, that, that there ever was. Um, pop tours uh, before then were, uh, they mixed them into a variety show. So you'd have a pop act singing with a, a magician gone beforehand or a comedian. Uh, this was the first ever out and out pop tour. And at the end of the um, the tour, he was killed on his way back to London airport. So, um, you know, very, very sad. And that was in 1960. Um and there's a big memorial in Chippenham on the side of the road, actually. Um, if everyone ever goes to Chippenham on the side of the road where the car crash took place, there's a memorial there to, uh, to Eddie Cochran. Wow, great choice. I think everyone, even if you're not into 50s music, I mean, I don't know too much about 50s music, but I know Summertime Blues and Come On Everybody, and I'm pretty sure everyone else does. They're kind of universal songs that stood the test of time and will be um, standing the test of time long, long, long into the into the future yeah it's it's he's one of those artists there's a there's a clip of him being interviewed steve on a on a, 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 a they discovered a tape of a, a tv show in america and there's he's been interviewed in the interval and they said is it true that rock and roll is on its way out and this is 1959 and he said look he said what it is is music's going to change he said it will keep changing he said, it will always be here. He said, it won't be rock and roll as we know it now, but it will still be rock and roll. And I thought, now, he said that in 1959, and I think he was absolutely on the money. It's evolved, and it keeps evolving, but it's still rock yeah. and roll. You know, he was right. He, he knew the business absolutely. even then. Now on, the know, head. So. now on the head there. So Eddie Cochran takes your headline slot. Great choice. A lot of acts after to check out of this one. <clears> There's not too many I'm familiar with, or ones that I do know but don't really know much about them so you've already told us that the album that's going to be performed by one of your five acts is going to be the sound of fury by billy fury and you kind of alluded to again before we start recording that one of your encores is going to be a song by one of your chosen acts so who's going to be performing the encore what what is the encore going to be <laughs> we've already mentioned it actually slade with come on <laughs> feel the noise because uh, the reason I backed that back because originally I was going to have Slade do their album. Um, they can't do you can't be a live album, can it? So with Slade live, it couldn't be done. A studio album, Slade, didn't have that on it, but it was re-released in two thousand and six, and they they you put it on as a bonus track. So I thought, well, sort of spuriously, we could have done it that way if I'd headlined with Slade, we could have included that in there thing. But no, the encore will be uh, come on, feel the noise because it's just such a great rock record, you know, and it's. Uh, uh, it's one that would be quite funny seeing the Seekers trying to sing, sing it, but um, it's just a great, it's just a great record. Simple as that, and and I think music's sometimes taken too seriously, and sometimes it's it's good to just put a smile on the face and um, enjoy it for yeah. what it is. You Absolutely, know. great track one that again everyone 
pretty much will probably know that track. So we're going to advertise the off festival. So when you're trying to sell tickets for it, and obviously it will sell out because all our fan festivals do, what would the one sentence you would put on the flyer <laughs> to summarise your fan festival? What, what are you going to say on your flyer for your off festival? Oh my God, you caught me on the off there. Um, <laughs> um, I don't, I don't, wouldn't like to know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to have it to the guests at the moment. I haven't had time to think about that, Steve. Um, just great memories, great songs, I think. Um, that's all I can think of uh, of putting on that's there. That's all I you think. need. That's a great, but, that's um, a great little uh, headline. Great memories, great songs. That seems to fit the off festival really nicely. Sometimes you don't need too many words. You just need apt words. That sounds like a great great way to summarize it so let's summarize quickly your fantastical make sure you're happy and then we'll lock it in so your fantastical is called the off festival the old farts festival it's taking place down in dartmouth in devon in your opening correct stop, we're going to have timmy euro super seconds we've got yep. billy fury who's going to perform his album the sound of fury amongst other classics as well into his set in the midway master slot, we're going to have the Seekers. In the pre-headline slot, we're going to go for Slade. And in the, in the headline slot, we're going to go Eddie Cochran. And then for the encore at 11 o'clock, all acts are going to come out together and perform Come On, Feel the Noise by Slade. Are you happy with that? Are we happy? No going back once, once you've got a firm hand. Once it's done, it's done. Well, I'm not- it's done now. Otherwise, I'd, I'd have to go for Festival B. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> it's been very hard, Steve. Very hard. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm happy with that. And I say, you know, just the idea of give people a, a chance to hear acts that aren't the typical ones. And Jimmy Euros would probably never come out in anybody else's list. You know, it's just. But uh, you know, if you if you just put on a few of her tracks, I, I tell you, people would say, "What a great voice!" You know, what a what a great voice. Yeah, that's great. And hopefully, that's what this podcast will do. And hopefully when people finish listening to the podcast, they'll then go on to, again, Spotify, YouTube, and go and check these artists out. So that is it, Mr. Gilson, for your Fantastival. Thank you for listening to the fifth episode of the Fantastival podcast. If you've enjoyed this or any other episodes, please subscribe. Give the Fantastival podcast a review on iTunes. So we're on iTunes now. Thank you to um, the authentic Gaz for his uh, review on uh itunes that's much appreciated we're also on anchor and on spotify so please give us a follow on those platforms and please recommend this podcast to all of your friends and families we are also on twitter so make sure you follow us at fantastical p and you can also email us at fantastical podcast at outlook.com as we'd love to hear from you and as andy's alluded as i've alluded unfortunately we're on podcast you cannot play music on the podcast but again we've mentioned youtube we've mentioned spotify we've mentioned hmv so again go and check out these artists buy their albums stream their music and hopefully this podcast has opened up some new avenues for you andy a massive thank you for being my fifth guest on the fantastical i knew you'd be good (laughs) thanks steve (laughs) once again so i'll be back soon with episode number six so please make sure to join me But until then, stay safe, my Fantastical friends. Please continue to spread the word. And that word is Fantastical. I'll hear and speak to you soon. (laughs) 